this week on Invasion the Podcast, the Terminator franchise just can't say hasta la vista, baby. We talk about all the consoles that tried to survive in the shadow of the Nintendo Entertainment System. And get your shot glasses ready, because we're going to play an Invasion of the Podcast drinking game. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. We're trying to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul Jaguar Stedman, because everyone was excited for it, and then and not I quite so much. Joe Danny Trejo Peters. <laughs> yeah, you're that Jaguar. No, no. The other you're Jaguar. Joe Power Glove. It's so bad, Peters. So, bad. so we're going to be talking about uh, the kind of, it's going to be Nintendo talk, but I don't think it's going to be some member berries. I think it's going to no. be more about like... I did some I did some big rabbit hole research yeah, on this. Clearly. And um and I I I don't know, my opinions they haven't changed, they've been colored though, about uh what what I remember growing up with and what came after in terms of video games. So even if you guys aren't like the biggest video game fans, there's gonna be some history there here that is interesting, at least from a, you know, this led to this standpoint. Yeah. Like so it's I, uh, yeah. we're gonna talk a lot about consoles that were that were out amongst the the powerhouses of, of Sony, Nintendo, and, and Microsoft, and Sega, yeah. and, and how, how well they did, and why they didn't do so well, and why there was uh, the price points that they had, and, you know, those type of things. So. Yeah, so it's, uh, there's, there, like, Nintendo isn't um, the, the sweet, cuddly little company that you think it is for some of the decisions that they make, so. Any company that's yeah, successful that, is not sweet and cuddly. That's true, but it's like, you know, it's like literally finding out, like, your childhood, was determined because of those type of decisions as opposed to I love it, you know, so there's a big if, if the internet yeah. didn't exist the way that it does nowadays with information, people would probably view Apple in the same light. That's true. Um by the way, it is the nineteenth anniversary of Google today, by the way. Uh, you know App- who, you know who told me that? Google. But I'm fine that they did. Yeah, I was like I didn't even look into it. Usually I mouse over it and I'm like, I don't know whose birthday it is today. Yeah. Whatever Google. Oh, it's yours. I'm my bad. Yeah, they they're old enough to buy cigarettes and uh, porno mags, but not quite old enough to drink or rent a car. So, but cigarettes we, are nineteen. I, they're eighteen, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, some places are twenty-one. Oh, but you can get porn for free. It doesn't matter what age you are. <laughs> but probably because of things like Google, you know. But uh, I just Google. Maybe Google got tired of waiting until it was nineteen. 19 it's so like I'm going to fix. The, it's like hmm, hmm. I'm old enough to know what safe search is now. Yeah. Uh, I just we're almost we're almost two decades into having Google. That does that is. And and the, the the phrase Google is like Google, Google it. something yeah, yeah Google it because if you say I want to bink something someone's going to hit you in the yeah. head. When was the last time I when was the last time I asked Jeeves? Yeah, poor guy. I, we at work our default um, browser well, is uh, Internet Explorer and it has Bing. So if you type anything in the search bar initially, it goes it wants to give you a Bing result. Yeah. So I have to go and type Google.com and get to Google. Well, and it's like very because otherwise then sometimes I'll try I'll mistype it and then Bing will be, did you mean Google? I'm like, yes, I did Bing. Thank you. Yeah, Move that's along. about all I do. As soon yeah. as I see Bing, I just get angry. <laughs> like <laughs> like you, you know who Bing is? 
If if Bing was a person, it would be Jerry from Parks and Rec. Yeah. Uh, poor Bing. Exactly. Yeah. But as soon as poor, Bing shows up, we're like, damn it, Bing. Uh, you do your job, but no one, no one even remembers yeah. your name. And Bing's yeah. a nice guy. Yeah, Bing's he a is. Nice There's guy. a but. Just Bing. Get, just get out of here. Let me Bing I, that for you. No, Jerry. I, we want to Google that. I luckily I have Chrome. So. Yeah. I do have I have Chrome and Internet Explorer because I think I have to use Internet Explorer for certain work stuff. But yeah, Chrome's on there if I need it. Um, yeah, Google. Yeah. Whatever. So happy birthday, Google. I'm sure you'll be celebrating it. So I did see a really funny uh, meme where it was like, Google's hiring. No need to apply. We already have all your information. Yeah, no right. kidding. I, you know, <laughs> in this day and age of like, we, we were talking about a little bit about this before the show, and I don't want to get into it because there's a lot. You know, the world kind of sucks a lot of ways right now. That's not what the show's about. We want to talk about nice things and then and bash other things that are pop culture related, not world related. I, I don't view the, the Google as an evil entity, but if I did, I'd be super scared, you know, like, cause they do know everything, mm-hmm. but I feel like they're just like, you know, they're like, you know what? We do know everything, but we're trying to use this to figure out how to talk to dogs and build like space trains. I things. feel like, like that's a diversion, but I still think <laughs> it's fair. Like, you know, it'd be like, what's going on in that room? Don't worry. Check this out. You can talk to this dog. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever you're doing there. Is that guy screaming? Yeah, but look, this dog wants to know what's going on today. I'm like, oh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, just real quick before we get into news, I just want to mention um, our our last episode that we did many months ago. I don't want to talk about talking about the talking to dogs, though. Yeah, I do want to do, do that, too. Uh, <laughs> I uh, uh, eight ball? For, yeah, the Magic 8-Ball, because I texted you immediately, yeah. and I was so excited because I asked the Magic 8-Ball a series of questions, and one of them was, would I get a Widowmaker play of the game on Overwatch? Yeah. Not that anybody cares, but... I am so bad playing sniper characters in any game that I was just like, that's basically saying, will I, I don't know, will I win the lottery? So I didn't win the lottery, but I did get a Widowmaker play of the game, and I had to text Joe all in caps, the eight ball, the eight ball is truth, the eight ball is life. <laughs> um, and it was a good play of the game, too. It wasn't just like, you know, it wasn't like completely by accident. It was a decent three kills in a matter of a few seconds. It took me five shots to get those three kills, but I'll take it. You know, well, so. that's good. Um, what else did it have? Um, what the magic eight ball? ball yeah, I, right not, I nothing else that I know about. So. Well, one thing I know I asked was uh, if Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to bust out another comedy, and they announced that the <laughs> production for Triplets is going to start. Oh, I thought you were going to segue into the Schwarzenegger with Terminator joke here. No, oh yeah, no, but yeah, they're gonna they're gonna start production on Triplets shortly. Oh, who's the third one? Eddie Murphy. Oh, oh, now. Like that was the talk back then, wasn't it? Like yeah, I guess they're sticking geez. to it. I don't know. I'm just kind of excited to see Danny DeVito in a movie again. Actually, that'd be great. Yeah, honestly. But just, do you think he'll keep his Frank hair? Like, just I keep really it like hope that would be great. He, I really hope he just plays Frank. Yeah. Like I know he played. What was his character's name? It was uh, Vincent, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But man, just that'd be great. I just, I just couldn't like I could imagine meeting Danny DeVito and him not acting like Frank and me just getting pissed like who <laughs> like are he's you? actually just nice to you yeah he's like nice must offer autograph and you're like at, no Frank and very like, articulate like and I've had like, this sandwich in my pocket for five hours right. you're going to eat it you know like um, I know you shit on the ground over here somewhere <laughs> like um, but I just, uh, yeah I don't know how to transition from that so I just wanted to mention again real quick about Overwatch uh, they had a free to play weekend recently I downloaded it for the PC. I am terrible at PC Overwatch because oh, I've really? never really played a shooter on the PC. Oh yeah, so I'm I do trying, better on the PC. Oh, I cannot I do it. I yeah. can't do the WASD. The wads. I can't do it. Yeah. I just can't do it. I don't know what it is. Well, how? Isn't that how you move in WoW a lot? No. Well, really? Here, I... Here's the <laughs> here's the dark truth. Do you know why they are called spoilers? <laughs> 
it's a combination mouse and arrow keys like to move. So it's like people so would call me. Keys? People would call me a keyboard turner, a key, but it's I use the mouse too. Oh. But I, but since I have like all my uh, my hotkeys bound over here for yeah. my spells and things, so a lot of the WASDs already taken up by other spells. Oh. So I use so I use my uh, number keys and uh, that. So. Um, See, because I'm always WASD, and then one, two, three, four is like my my main four abilities. Yeah, I I use those, but then I like I have these unbound for like one of them is my silence, one of them is for like my uh, not to not to talk wow, but I have because you have your action bars up and you can you can set them up however you want. So I have a number of specials below the number keys. Yeah, and then on my mouse, which I have that that Logitech with multiple buttons, mm-hmm. that set up with stuff too, but. For movement, it's like still I use huh. that, and and I mean I use the mouse because if you write, if you click both buttons, you can move around. I'm not gonna know? lie; it took me a while to get used to wads because I yep. used to use the direction pad. Like when I played Quake back in the day, I would bind stuff to like the numpad because it was closer. Yeah, because I couldn't do the WASD, but surely you know slowly it it, it kind of picked up, and now I I don't know how I could move. With I, I just feel like the big thing people talk about keyboard turning and how it's like the greatest the biggest sin when you're playing world of warcraft because like in raid fights the biggest thing that's improved my ability to play that game is my computer like so if i have a really really good running computer like i see things in advance so i don't have to worry about super duper reaction time because my draw distance and, and graphics are so up so high that i could see an attack as the boss is thinking about it yeah as opposed to like having your frame rate stutter because you have 25 people on the screen and you're like, Oh, and I'm dead now. Like, so I don't have that problem anymore, hmm. but yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm a, key, I'm a keyboard turner. You guys can judge me. It's fine, but I'm terrible <laughs> at over. Like I played like the, with the bots and I'm like, what do I don't know? And I'm trying to press, use the mouse and yeah. like I'm using the mouse to shoot, but I'm also like, why am I not moving? And it was yeah, really my mouse, awkward. My mouse skills are way better than my thumbstick skills. Yeah. So also, I mean, I'm left-handed. I don't know if that means anything, but I feel like I always have to learn things differently than everybody else because oh, it's maybe. always. But that you, you think that's counterintuitive because, like you know, all mouse orientations are on the right side. But I'm way better using the mouse when I like use Photoshop with my right hand than I am when I draw. Huh. It's weird. Anyway, okay. that's anyway. that's sorry. That's boring talk. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, terrible, terrible Overwatch on the PC and okay at everywhere else, kind of. Um, Wizard World. Uh, real quick, they announced their Cleveland dates for March uh, uh, 2nd through 4th, uh, 2018. So they actually announced that they're coming beginning of March. What You're not a fan? I'm not going to be able to go. Oh, you're, you're going to be... Uh, Honeymoon. Oh. Well, I mean... Pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, you Hold could on. you could sneak in. Like Taskmaster no, needs to be I there. I will be out of the country. Oh, okay. Well, do you want me to tell Wizard World that? Yeah, tell them to get 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 it together, and I don't. Oh, uh, okay. Well, all yeah. right. So I'll be there. I might be able to swing in on the fourth. That'd be crazy, though. It'd be like plan lanes. I'm here. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, there's no way. Ah, damn, that sucks. No wizard world for me this year. Watch, yeah. they're gonna have some. They're gonna have like like my A list like guest list like <laughs> like they're gonna be like you know what maybe we should just pull in like all these like writers and stuff. Like, we'll get Jason Aaron there. Uh, Mark Bagley's gonna decide to show up. Mark Hamill will just be there as like just Mark as a person. Hamill. He's not even gonna be like, a guest. He's just gonna be there. Carl Urban shows up. It's just, yeah. Just it's gonna be like it's gonna be like Joe Con and it's gonna be like you know <sighs> yeah. So anyway, no. I'll be there. Joe won't be there. Um, maybe well, I'll maybe I'll have a cardboard stand up of Joe and I'll just carry him around with me. I'm gonna take photos. Big, where's Joe? Yeah, yeah. So, so, all right. Anyway, let's get to let's get to some news. Yeah. 
news, everyone. You know what? I think uh, maybe I'll just use that as an excuse to go to another con outside of the state. <laughs> well, the Columbus one is coming in the summer. Yeah, again, maybe, maybe so. we can hit that or swing that. But yeah, I mean, that one was... of my buddies was talking. He was trying to get us together to go to Gen Con, which I do want to hit Gen Con at least once. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, anyway, the news. So uh, the Terminator is back. He back said he, he said he would be. He would be. Yeah. Um, so this time, this time around seems a little bit different. And I mean, you know, they say that all the time, but they're going to do old Terminator again. I mean, there's no way to do young. There is a way to do young Terminator. They can just CG it, you know, but. Or cast a different actor because it's supposed to be a robot with skin on it. Yeah, I know. But I mean. Yeah, oh, whatever. I mean, well, I, aren't they supposed to, they're supposed to address why the machine looks the way that it does in this one i've heard yeah they talk about how the flesh is aging outside no 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 they're supposed to explain why the model looks like arnold schwarzenegger oh okay yeah because it's been pretty it's been pretty obvious like it's like they've they've reskinned the t800 with that look and they're going to explain why that he looks like they explained it in terminator 3 you know, there was a, one of the generals in the army that looked like Schwarzenegger on one of the video monitors, but he sounded like a Texan. And mm-hmm. so you get the idea that Skynet um, or whatever, oh, um, okay. not Skynet, um, the the company that built the machines. What is it? Uh, Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne. I have a shirt that's a Cyberdyne. I don't know why they, I blanked on that. Uh, that. Supposedly one of the generals in Cyberdyne that looked like him. That was like, a, it was a joke in the movie, but it was there. You saw oh. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay, never yeah, mind. Anyway. Forget it. I thought they said that. But anyway, they're going to bring back, obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, but Lyndall Hamilton is the one that I was kind of like, wow, Linda Hamilton's going to come back. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe she'll play Sarah Connor. I don't know. Maybe she'll play someone else. Uh, but no, she'll probably play Sarah Connor. Um, <laughs> but no, good for her. I think that's interesting. She's returning to the franchise. Um, James Cameron is going to be producing, producing like and it. kind of like, writing some of it i guess i don't know and then tim miller is going to direct who he did deadpool yeah so maybe they'll just give him like a low low budget and he'll knock it out the park do you think they'll get edward furlong to come back i mean what's he doing right now uh probably some opiates (laughs) i was gonna say probably three to five somewhere uh why not you know let's have him come back it'd be fine yeah but they said they're going to ignore uh everything past terminator 2 like much like most people do aha uh I whatever I like I was talking to Joe about this four star recording I I have not seen too many films kind of ignore other chapters and come back and say well you know what that didn't matter not films but um didn't they do that with Alien they were going to yeah, with the, Alien Five that with Five with blow camps but, yeah but then they were going to then do Covenant that. came along and shit on everything and it's not going to happen so. Um, that's, and I bet you really want that Alien Five. I do. I yeah. do want. I, I do too. I do too. Because then, because then you, it's the same problem here. Like you'd be bringing back uh, Newt and uh, Hicks, and I feel like that's a much more interesting mm-hmm. storytelling standpoint than. And don't get me wrong, Alien Three I think is great. Alien Three, well, the producer's cut or assembly cut is really good, and it, it completes the trilogy, and that's fine. But if you're going to go back, I think that's okay. With this, it's like. Since you're already dealing with the nature of time travel, you could like Genesis already kind of screw with the timelines anyway, severely. Yeah. So you can kind of almost just scrub it and be like, well, that could have happened or this too. And you can get away with it more with this. But I mean, I'm well, thinking. I think, I think that gives a studio free reign to kind of do what they want with the Terminator franchise then because it's just like, ah, this is just another alternate universe. Yeah. I just, but I'm thinking, I'm just trying to think of like other movies that are just like, you know, we're going to ignore all the sequels and just, but the other one that comes to mind now too is um, the new Halloween movie. Is supposed to pick up after two, the one that's being produced by um, 
uh, Danny McBride and John Carpenter. It's supposed to, and they brought back um, uh, what's her name, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, so they're bringing her back too. So I guess that's the thing is just to to make the third movie everybody always wanted anyway of these franchises, mm-hmm. and that's that. So I, if they do well, that's fine. Tim Miller, he he has my I, I Deadpool's great, and he and Ryan Reynolds put together a really good vision. It's a fun movie. What do you think um, they're going to call it? What the new Terminator? Yeah. I, <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Skynets. I just uh, Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. How about that? Let's <laughs> call it that again and really confuse people. Um, I, I don't know what you'd call it. Terminator Spell machines with a Z, though. <laughs> yeah, machines. Uh, Terminators. Terminators. Yeah. Um, That'll be the 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 what is the full moon will release? Yeah, the asylum will the be asylum. Uh, 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 Terminators. I don't know. Um, but uh, so we'll see. It could be great. Um, I don't know. I just feel like Terminator, like Salvation, felt like it could have been something. But I really, like the world that Salvation was in, and the, but then they screw up the ending because the the script got leaked, and the end, the true ending of what they're going to do, people found out about it, so they changed the ending. Mm. And do you know what the original ending was supposed to be? He's supposed to die. He was supposed to die, and the robot was supposed to take over John Connor, like the the actual uh, character that was the whatever. He was supposed to take over the guise of John Connor. Because the prophecy is that he would lead them in the revolution against the machines, and no one was supposed to know that he was an actual Terminator. But he was so like removed from. How would he take over John Connor? Like his body or something? I'd take over his skin or something. I don't know, but something to that effect. I know they could do that. Well, whatever. It's future. You could do what you want. Yeah, I guess so. You know, Christian Bale could talk like an American. I don't know, but. uh, you know, and he could he could become Batman with a broken back and get it fixed in six minutes and come back and save the day and go in Dark Knight Rises, you know, technology. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, whatever. I mean, maybe it's going to be great. Maybe it won't be. Yeah. Now that I think about it, why in the third Dark Knight movie did he have problems with his knees instead of his back? <laughs> that would have been made more and more sense. Yeah. So. All right. Sorry. Anyway, let's, <laughs> we, let's go back in time with ever, James Cameron and fix Batman. You ever, you ever wonder if 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 dogs give us names? <laughs> like, man, I really can't wait for Google to get that thing going. Yeah, right. So, I just want to be like, what's my name? What's, your, we give, what's we give, your dog name? We give all the them names, you know? Like, yeah. You ever wonder that? They sit it. They, we're the only thing they interact with. I, I mean, I'm sure that like the, the the dog that I live with, whatever her name is for me, it's 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 closely associated with, um, you know, you're the other human, not not my human, but your other one. So when mine's not around, I will listen to you. Mm-hmm. But when mine's here, I'm not listening to you. So I don't I know. I feel what like that, if I found out what my cat called me, I'd just beat it up. <laughs> like, like, what did you call me? Right. So all right. Anyway, Terminator. It's coming again. Uh, run. I don't just, you know. Come with me if you want to live to avoid the Terminator sequel. All right. Next thing we got up here. This one is interesting in the sense that like uh, it, it's from a video game. Uh, it's, it's called Player Unknown Battlegrounds, which is a PC title um, that it is accusing another game of copying its uh, game type, its gameplay type by saying that you're directly ripping us off. Um, and it's unusual because you never really hear a developer called another developer for taking a mode of play. And with this one, it's bizarre because um, Player Unknown Battlegrounds is calling out Fortnite for taking what they call the Battle Royale concept, which is um, a bunch of players on a, a map. You give them like limited weapons. And in, in the case of um, Player Unknown Battlegrounds, eventually like this this um, uh, 
force field keeps slowly drawing into the center of the map. So you have to keep moving towards the center or else you'll die. So eventually forces every player out of hiding or in conflict to keep moving towards each other until there's one winner. Mm. Um, like, you know, kill or be killed. And Fortnite has released a battle, a mode called battle Royale. And so player unknown battlegrounds is accusing them of saying you've taken our concept. Um, you pointed out that player unknown battlegrounds was based off of a mod for another game. Yeah. Which called is H1Z1, I believe. Yeah. Which that took its concept of battle Royale from something called battle Royale, which is a Japanese uh, manga movie um, that people could accuse the Hunger Games of taking that concept from. But I just find this odd that a company that made their game based upon a mod of another game is accusing another game of taking their their play style. Yeah. And I don't know who that benefits. Well, we see, especially in PC games, we see a ton of like game, you know, mods. Like you you have you have your Diablo. Diablo was was one of the first games like that. I mean, if you don't count like your gauntlet style stuff, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, your your dungeon crawl, loot, hack and slash, and then you know, you got games like Torchlight and um uh, what was the one? Path of Exile. Uh, yeah, there's those were ones that became really popular, and then a, I think there was even a, a Marvel superheroes version of it that's current right now that's actually pretty fun. Um, but it's essentially Marvel superheroes, but it's Diablo two. So um, those game types, uh, you know, on the PC tend to get recopied. I mean, God, even Overwatch is basically Team Fortress two. Yeah, you know, so with with a lot more characters and a lot more depth, um, but it's it's a class based shooter with unique abilities and and Team Fortress was kind of like one of the first games to kind of utilize that in its popularity you know and then you have your MOBAs you know I play the crap out of Heroes of the Storm but um, before that in in almost like a 360-esque way of events uh, the battle the massive online battleground that is MOBAs like League of Legends and Dota um, all stemmed from World of Warcraft, uh, or not World of Warcraft, Warcraft 3, Warcraft 3 Frozen Throne, um, they used to have map editors. So people would make these games on these map editors, and they would change the way that the game is played. And the most popular map uh, mod was Defense of the Agents, which was essentially Dota. That's where Dota comes from. It's called Dota because it Defense yeah, and, the Yeah, and Valve worked out a deal with Blizzard where Valve can make Dota 2 and then Blizzard could make Heroes of the Storm because it's kind of like this weird like agreement of like you could have the name that isn't really a name, but as long as we can make right. our own MOBA, so and you guys aren't going to be like so they kind of worked out like a gentleman's agreement of like you could have the name, but because it's basically our map editor name, yeah. you know, because they didn't really ever own it, but that was just what it was called right. And then whenever they made their own MOBA, like valve wouldn't come after them being like you took our concept it was a weird weird cyclic thing you're right i always think it's weird when people who play dota always kind of bash down on blizzard and i'm like you do realize you would never have dota if it wasn't for blizzard and warcraft well it's just i guess it might think too never have it but that's where it stemmed from and 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 this is the same thing with like you know battle royal i mean you know it, it came from a mod of um uh, H1Z1 or H1Z1, which is essentially a zombie survival game, uh, which was already like a clone of other games that were a mod of another game. Yeah. So I mean, you everything you, builds off the backs of others. Yes. Right? And that's something we'll talk about more in our featured presentation. So this is just another example of building off of you know the backs of others with a game mod, and I think I I, I honestly came across Fortnite. Uh, more information about Fortnite 
uh, on my own than I did with Player uh, Unknown Battleground. Like I had seen a few things, like articles about Player Unknown Battleground, but there were a lot more ads for Fortnite. Um, for- well, yeah, because Fortnite is from Epic, uh, the developer Epic. They're the ones that were behind uh, Gears of War. Yeah, and this is Cliff Brzezinski's kind of like his other like thing he was kind yeah. of cooking for a bit, and so it has it has a higher pedigree in terms of of developers behind it. So when Fortnite came out, it had more of a budget for a push, while Player Unknown Battlegrounds was you know on Valve and Steam. Yeah, and it's it's one of those it's one of those games that like when you talk to like people that quote unquote are gamers, that's the hardcore more intense Steam stuff yeah yeah because i don't know if you could do something like this for console just because of well one the number of players which i don't know if that's well, even i think a problem fortnite's anymore. coming to console well fortnite is on it's consoles on, yeah. but i'm talking like player unknown battlegrounds i don't know how that would work because they try to make these huge maps and a lot of players and yeah well you need you, you gotta have like a machine to render that like you were talking about yeah. your draw distance on world of warcraft yeah. i mean you can you can kind of pay more money to have a lot under the hood for your PC, whereas like everybody's got the same stuff in their Xbox and their PS4, yeah. and you're you're limited to the development. So it's like you know you're going to hit a threshold or a point where it's just like, well, we'd like to have like eighty versus eighty, and then yeah. like Microsoft would be like, yeah, no, our machine's not going to handle. Well, that. even so, even another example too is an Overwatch. I know because I keep talking about that; it's amazing. Pay attention to our drinking game later. This will come into it. Um, during the summer summer games little event they had something called Lucio Ball which for all intents and purposes is Rocket League yeah and it's like it's just Rocket it's just you playing soccer with three Lucio characters they all kind of skate and kind of bump this ball around it's very similar to Rocket League I think Rocket League's happy because if people are playing Lucio Ball someone's gonna be like hey check out Rocket League right you know, and I feel like with this, like maybe someone's playing Fortnite. They're like, you know what? This is great, but it's a little too cartoony for me. And someone's going to be like, hey, you should check out Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. And that, I, I just or feel maybe like there's somebody who plays Player Unknown and they're like, this is, I like this, but this is just way too hardcore. I'm just tired of this skill, yeah. skill cap. And they're like, well, maybe you can, or maybe you want something cartoony, you know, because I mean, you ha- you could make there. I think uh, Blazinski was working on um, uh, a game. What was that called? There was a game he was working on uh, that was like Overwatch. They were doing class-based shooters. Oh, Lawbreakers, which Lawbreakers. just came out. But that, yeah. So, and that was more, more serious. It was or, more serious. Yeah. It was darker. Yeah. And Quake Champions is another example. Yeah. Like Quake is getting back into the first-person shooter arena game, um, but they're they're going into the the Overwatch um, class-based thing where it's like. Uh, you know the original quakes. You 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 were pretty much a no, but everybody had the same jump, the same strafe, the same shots, the same guns. Um, with this, it's like everybody's got different uh, stats and they have different special abilities, and you know maybe they have an a- acid splash special attack or they can phase through yeah, things. The thing they refer to this now is what they call a hero shooter, hero because shooter because of like each character okay. is unique, and I feel like it's actually a good way to describe it. You know, it it's is. More like, yeah. yeah. So I it just I just feel it's kind of bad bad form for one one developer to call out a bigger developer and be like, hey, you took that from us. Like I would take that almost as. You know, like, hey, clearly something's working for us. For them to be like, we can, we can change and offer something similar. Then that, then you turn around and say, okay, but what could we do better than them? Well, clearly, and that should be what that should be. Is like, you know, as long as it isn't completely eviscerating your your player base, because I don't think it is. Because I feel like these type of games have a hardcore like you know set of people, and they'll play and then they'll burn out and move on to something else. I don't think that these people are are leaving in mass and going to go to Fortnite. Yeah, clearly, I mean, it's. If anything, it's going to help the genre. Like, yeah. there's no reason that Player Unknown Battlegrounds going to be the only type of game, and it's also ridiculous for them to do this because it's ridiculous for them to think that they were going to be the only one for a while. 
Yeah. You know? Well, it's like, do you think that there's people out there that played Hearthstone that have moved on to Magic? I think that's probably the case. Yeah. I'm surprised another Hearthstone game hasn't popped up. I know there's a ton of card games on mobile, but Hearthstone's interaction seems so much more intuitive. Yeah. Um, and and, and it's, it's only a matter of time before somebody comes up with another good card game that's similar to Hearthstone. And then Blizzard will look at it, and, and they'll say, well, that's some good ideas. It, I, I love Blizzard. Again, pay attention to the drinking game later. Um, they're really, really, really good at coming out with something and then seeing what the competition does and being like, oh, that's a good idea in that bit, and that's a good idea in that bit. And then they're like, oh, by the way, check out our new one now. It's all shiny with some of those bits in there. Yeah. Like it's always They're really good at, at seeing what the world comes up with and then they just take the best parts and make their product even better, which is what I feel that this should be the gauntlet thrown for player unknown, battle, unknown battlegrounds. Um, I can't remember if Fortnite was free on Xbox or not. I saw it as a download, and I was like, yeah, I, I can't want- remember. It's supposed to be free to play, I guess. I don't know for sure, though. It's more, it is, it's kind of like, from what I saw the, the trailers and read about it, <laughs> the initial idea is more in line with like Minecraft and also kind of like in the terms that you build. There's building forts, to it, yeah. And then you defend against different waves of zombies and creatures and, and whatever. And each of the classes have their own ability. So it's kind of like you you set up your whole thing and then you go through and maintain it during like an attack. And then you can work with other people to do it. It's supposed to, it looks it looks over the top and ridiculous and fun if you're into that kind of thing. I don't know if I'd like that kind of resource management. But yeah. It's supposed to be free to play. I don't know if it's if it is now. Check I don't, it out. Yeah. So either way, there, there, there's our opinion about that. Moving on to some other video game news, and you guys thought you're done with it. Yeah, this um, is video games. Yep, yep. Video game information tonight. Uh, so Vulture.com put out the list of the one hardest, hardest, one hundred hardest video game bosses, and we're just going. We're not going to do all one hundred. Just ninety nine of them. Yeah. Um, we're not going to tell you number one. No. Why? What is this? <laughs> 100 oh mario 64 bowser is 100 no he was way harder than that yeah you know what the hardest thing with him was and and mario 64 was grabbing his tail and trying to get acclimated to that that um thumbstick to spin him and it was just like it was more so like trying to figure out how to use the controller which we'll talk about a little bit here in the (laughs) next segment yeah um with the Nintendo 64. So, um, so yeah, let's see here. What else Sen- we got What is that? Senator Armstrong? Yeah, I don't know. who. It's Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. I don't know. Titanfall, don't know. Uh, uh, 97 is the ghost of Lady Comstock from Bioshock Infinite. She wasn't hard. It just the fight kept going on and on and on. Because every time you think you defeat her, it would just move a little further down the road. You have to fight her again. Very annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got here? Um, Who's that guy? Go what, back up. This Can't, this, the, 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 the Vortex Queen? Oh, okay. Uh, Kyling. Oh, from Mass Effect 3? He wasn't hard. No, he wasn't. That yeah, hard. anyway. Uh, the Alien from Alien Isolation, I'd say yes. I have not finished that game, but he's scary as all hell, and the Alien should always be scary. 92 is landing on the aircraft carrier from Top Gun. That should be number one with a bullet, just because I was able to land the thing. I want to know. I want to know what that the speeder bike level is in Bad Battletoads. That we'll, we'll find that out. That needs right? to be up. There. That's probably going to be. Oh on my here. gosh! You, I like. I give props to any two people who can complete that together. Right. Um, I else? could do it by myself, but you would always get like that one partner where they would just be like, oh, "Hit jump." <laughs> well, uh, we're starting over, dude. Uh, Eighty six is Majora from Majora's Mask. I didn't play that, um, but I know a lot of people have helped um, hold up. It was a really good game. Um, what else? Let's see here. I don't know who that guy. Oh, that's from Borderlands. I don't I know didn't about play that. that one. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Virgil, this is Virgil wasn't that hard in Devil May Cry. It, number eighty two. I, I, yeah. Um, I don't know who that guy is Shadow Queen. <laughs> Deathstroke. 
and Batman Arkham Knight. I I don't remember yeah. if I played that. Uh, I, the number seventy eight is Matriarch uh, Benizia. She from wasn't Mass that Effect. hard in Mass Effect. She I wasn't that hard, her. except that it was early enough in the game to where you didn't have all like all your goodies yet, so you could easily get like walled by her. So it's that it wasn't hard. It just took a while because you yeah. could get easily killed. Um, Cyber Demon and Doom. Yeah, those things were scary. Uh, what else we got here? Wait, Atheon. Atheon was probably the easiest boss in Destiny. <laughs> it's number seventy-five. Um, they need to put a this Shiva guy on there. He's better. I know this is exciting. We're, we're, let's just um, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh, ball. Oh, number sixty-five. By the way, is Hitler. I should just not provide context. Be like, Hitler's the hardest. One of the hardest video game bosses, but it's in Doom. Or sorry, Wolfenstein. And it's not even Hitler. It's 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 Hitler's head in a jar on top of a robot body, which should make him harder. So I would agree with that. Um, what else? Nemesis. Nemesis should be a little bit higher than yeah. sixty something. Lava from Chrono Trigger should be a little higher. Let's just go to. Let's just go to the top ten real quick. We'll we'll post this list later. You guys can peruse it and uh, see. Goro Goro should be a little higher than. Okay. Okay. Go the go the top twenty. <laughs> okay. I just want to see the top twenty. So let's see what we got. Okay. Top twenty. Number twenty. Is from Bloodborne. I have not played that I game, so I can't Bloodborne. speak to that. Uh, Crota from Destiny of the Dark Below. Okay, Crota was kind of tough, so he should he should be on there. Okay, like uh, well, uh, you could cheese Crota, but that's beside. Doing Crota legit was hard. Crota cheese sounds actually pretty good. I don't know what you'd have that with, but you'd have it with a light snack. Yeah. You see what I did there? Anyway, um, Dracula was tough. Castlevania from Castlevania. Goro seventeen. Goro, Goro was pretty hard, but I feel like. Gore, like when you first got to Goro, Goro was hard, but then all the ones after him, like um, Kintaro, I think was harder, and Motaro was harder. Uh, they just got progressively harder, so I don't know. So, Jaws from the video game Jaws, I did not play it, but Jaws Jason, should be. I wonder hard. where Jason is on this one. We'll the, find out something from Kingdom uh, Hearts. Kingdom Hearts Riku. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. M. Bison. M. Bison Street Fighter was 2. fairly hard. He was hard. Raul Julia, everybody. Right. Alma from Ninja Gaiden. Yes, that was one of the hardest freaking bosses ever, and it was the middle of the game. And, and it's not even the the screenshot oh, here is yeah. even right. I remember it that. was the Alma angelic demon chick in the middle. She wasn't the end. The no. end boss. Like she was in the middle. She was way harder than the last one. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Pandemonium Warden. That's from Final Fantasy. Don't know. Fume Knight from Dark Souls. Anything Dark Souls, I'm just going to say is hard. Everybody says those games are really hard. I haven't played them because uh-huh. I, I, I get frustrated easily at games anymore. Right. Yeah. Top 10, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's punch out. I never beat him. I don't think Mike Tyson was that hard because he had the tell with his eye blinks. Yeah, but I never like, beat him. So he was he was hard. And I only beat Super Macho Man once. So mm. that Dr. Wily's Yellow Dr. Devil. Dr. Wily's Yellow Devil should be up higher. It should be zero because it should be above one. That's how hard that thing is. That thing is so hard. Uh, Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts 2 and not Final Fantasy 7? Oh, whatever. Oh, okay. I don't know. Flame Lurker and Demon Souls, sure. Um, Orphan of Koss and Bloodborne. I like that they're they're sneaky in, not sneaky in, but like stuff that I know is probably really hard. And <laughs> yeah. Emerald Weapon from Final Fantasy VII. Emerald yes. Weapon. They, they were not that hard. If you had the the setup with Knights of the Round, it was easy. Oh well I did not. No. You couldn't you couldn't you couldn't fight Emerald and Ruby Weapon um like without them. Okay. Through the fire and flames. So number guitar four, hero. number four hardest boss battle is a guitar hero song. It's uh, Through the Fire and the Flames by Dragon Force. Yeah, it's Dragon yeah. Force. Through yeah. the Fire and Flames is ridiculous, especially if you play it on anything higher than hard. Yeah. I could I could not do it. I barely did it on medium. The Nameless King, Dark Souls 3. I don't know about that. Number two, Cthune 
from World of Warcraft. Mm. That was one the, the notoriously hard raid boss that uh, there was the longest time where people wondered if maybe Blizzard had inadvertently tuned this thing too hard and, and no one would be able to beat it. Mm. And it was like, this was one of those progression bosses that lasted weeks at the time. And, and people just didn't think it was possible to beat it. So, yeah. I can see why that people. I would think put it's that up fair there. because Cthulhu is pr- pretty much a big deal. It's an old world god. Like, yeah. Uh, right. Number one is Skolas from Destiny House of. Get out of here! Number what? one. What? What? I don't know. I just whatever. That wasn't even right. That was. I guess they nerfed it. I don't really know. Anyway. Yeah, we, but that was the story mode. That wasn't even like the a raid. raid boss. I never the, did any of the raid fight. Well, that's not true. I tried doing some of the raid stuff, and it was I just couldn't. We had too few people. Because in House of Wolves, the the raid was essentially Prison of Elders, and those were hard. Skullus was just some retard at the end of the story mode. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I'm so, really disappointed in number one. Yeah. Really, really disappointed. So, all right. We'll post that list later. You Especially because Battletoads isn't even on the top ten. Yeah, was that in there? Like this scroll through is Battletoads, Hyper Bike, or whatever it is, the speeder bikes. Probably not. Probably whoever made this up don't know anything about video games. <laughs> I'm so mad now. I'm so mad. The skull is number one. It doesn't make any sense. He should be in like this. I would give him the 80s. God. All right, we're just looking. We're we're verifying. We're verifying. Let's see here. Woodman is number 42. Come on, man. Just, uh, no. no, no Mega Man villain should be on there that is a robot uh, master of evil because you just get their counter weapon. Yeah. It makes no sense. Who did this? Someone that's never played video games, clearly. Like, they must have just like. Shao Kahn is not hard, is harder, way harder than Goro. You know how many times I. Oh, Shao Kahn. Yeah, anyway. Because he's right. always talking smack to you. Nemesis should be hired higher too. <laughs> Nemesis was the first villain, not villain, but boss in in uh, um, Resident Evil, where you know, like, remember Re- all the the first couple of Resident Evils where you just be like, oh man, shit hit the fan. I'm just gonna go in the other room. Yeah, you know, you'd go in the other room, and be like, oh god, I got away from those three giant spiders. Okay, I'm gonna go find some grenade launchers, you know, and then you go <laughs> handle your business. Nemesis would come through the door. I crapped my pants the first time this dude came after me. I was just like, oh, crap, there he is. Oh, good, I got away. I'm just going to go, oh, crap, he's back. How did he do that? Like It was just like, I'll never forget that with Nemesis. Yeah, so this list was not nearly as entertaining as we thought. Well, it is entertaining, but it's just not as informative as I thought it would be or truthful. I I question this list. So anyway, we'll put it up on the website. You guys can check it out or the Facebook page. All right, so enough about video games. How about we talk about some video games? And now for our feature presentation. Yeah. So, um, all right. So Joe had suggested that we talk a little bit about uh, lesser known systems or less successful systems after the video game crash of 1983 through 85. Yeah. Um, I feel like everybody had or knew someone who had a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo, a Sega Genesis, a PlayStation, an N64, a Sega Saturn, a GameCube, a PS2, an Xbox, a Dreamcast, a PS3, an Xbox 360, a Wii. All those systems, everybody could probably identify. So there's yeah. a lot out there that snuck the, under the radar and not because it wanted to be under the radar. So, yeah, that's true. Um, I... Started trying to read through the history of this, and it's uh, there's a lot there, which is yeah, it's it's all interesting. But 
so the video game crash started. Uh, it, what, it, what it all came down to was oversaturation of the market, poor quality of titles, and also really loose uh, licensing in the sense that like you'd find Pac-Man on like seven different systems and they were all bad, you know? And yeah. so there's no clear uh, mark of quality. Atari got a little too big for its britches, uh, got coked out of its brain and thought they could do no wrong. And they, they gambled hard on E.T. failed. Well, that e. happens, wasn't the only thing. It was one of the things that caused well, that it to happens fall later on down the road with a lot of these other yeah. systems and consoles where it's just like, you know, we're kind of on our high horse and we know we can't, uh, we can't be touched. And then, Surprise, surprise, you fell off. So just to just to note that, that, that I want to mention that. So when Nintendo came out uh, and they when they entered the market, they specifically said they didn't want to market as a video game system. That's why they called that because the, the Famicom. Famicom was supposed to be a computer. But it was the Famicom. It was a, it was a video game system in Japan. But it, when it was marketed over here, they call it the Nintendo Entertainment System to try to get the word video game out of people's mouth. Um, and then they also they were they were actually the market was so bad that they wanted it to be more associated with toys than video games. Yeah. So that's why Rob showed up. Rob, the robotic Rob operating the robot. buddy. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to be like, oh, it's a video. It's, it's a well, not a video game. It's it's a toy. And um, I never it never occurred to me that just a simple rebranding of something, calling it an entertainment system versus a video game system, like that's a big like you don't think of it the same way. Um, and I just I didn't realize that that was like a conscious effort to try to separate themselves. Uh, the other thing too that they did is that they saw what Atari did uh, with their licensing, meaning that um, they made their technology where uh, people could see what they were doing and make their own cartridges and mm-hmm. make their own games. And so, <laughs> what happened? I didn't know this. You had? Did you have an Atari growing up? Uh, I didn't have an Atari. The okay. first system I had was a Sega Master System. Oh, okay. So. Um, Growing up, I had an Atari, and my favorite games for the Atari though were Activision games. Activision and, was huge on Atari. I know that, but but their cartridges looked different than the Atari cartridges, and I didn't know this that Activision was actually former Atari employees that wanted to get credit for their work. They went off and made Activision and said, "We know how to make games for the system," and started making them. And because of their success, the Atari sold more, but Atari's market share of of game sales was going down. So they took Activision to court and said, you can't make games for our system, and they lost. <laughs> so it's just the whole thing of, like, had they allowed people to give credit, Activision would never have really existed. And, and think Activision's about that. Got, Activision's got a lot of stuff now. But I didn't, as a kid, though, I'm just like, I love Activision games. I didn't realize it was like... Well, Activision did that whole series uh, of games. The, I remember I was on well, PlayStation 2, I think. Well, they, the, they, the, the, the Pitfall well, you know, was... Well, no, uh, no, no, I mean like a collection. Like oh, yeah, cla- they did, classic yeah. Activision yes. games, yeah. But like you know, Pitfall, Mega Mania, like all these really great games. I love River Raid, uh, Cops and Robbers, all this stuff. And it was just funny, like growing up as a kid... You think about, I didn't think that this was like like alien um, like like hardware not so, or alien software coming out of the system, and I'm like I like those better, and like and so Nintendo saw that, and so they did something sneaky, which is they only offered five games per uh, publisher a year, and they also controlled the construction of their own cartridges. So they'd bring the chips to them, and they'd say, "Well, we're going to make our cartridge." And basically, they said, "Any cartridge we don't sell, you guys are it's up to you to to make up the difference." Basically. The publisher assumes all the risk, and Nintendo controls what comes out, and they don't they don't get burned for it. Again, didn't know this growing up. Yeah, and I so I know you want to talk about other consoles that weren't as successful. I think it's important to mention the stranglehold Nintendo had on licensing and who could get published and who couldn't. Um, 
And that's how we know about Capcom. That's how we know about SNK. That's how we know about da- Data East. Well, SNK, yeah. SNK was, was uh, they had their own system. Eventually, uh, yes. What was it? The Was it 3DO? Was that SNK? No, that wasn't uh, SNK. Um, um, SNK had their own system. I always get that one mixed up with the Neo Geo. Uh, but because the Neo Geo, I always put oh, those the two Neo Geo, no, the Neo Geo was SNKs. Okay, yeah, so, that, but that came out in '94. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, the Neo Geo did come out later. So there was a, a period there of like three or four years that Nintendo, the, the NES, uh, was the only system there. And something else Nintendo did too that I didn't think about as the time psychologically is that remember the covers for all the old Nintendo games? What did you see on them? The other Nintendo, than the seal of approval, other than the seal of approval, what else did you see on them? You saw the actual sprite artwork that was in the game on the cover of the game. Like you saw Mario in his pixel form. Oh, you the saw, pixel form. Being, you yeah. saw like, and that was very iconic for all the advertisements for the Nintendo games. Like you saw golf. You saw whatever, right? And Nintendo said they the, in their their thought processes, show them what they're getting because we have the capability of doing that now versus like what Atari had done, which is they hired artists to come up with these really crazy murals trying to explain a concept that they couldn't possibly advertise on the front of a like you know, a game. It's like, here, buy a missile command. It's a dot. Okay, cool. Well, buy Pac-Man. It's another dot. Like you can't, yeah. here's, here's your Ars Revenge. It's a squiggle and a dot. Like buy that, you know? And your Ars Revenge has the coolest art ever and it doesn't make any sense versus the game you buy, you know? So... I didn't think about that. I thought that the, then I realized that that was actually something that you saw what the game was like. Think about Metroid. Like that's just a name, but you see Samus on the cover shoot. Like you, you get the idea. It's a sci-fi game and you see what, what Samus looks like. Yeah. I, I, I that sounds like the most obvious statement in the world. I never thought about it until recently. That's, it's a very, very smart move. Anyway, sorry. Well, no, yeah. I think Nintendo's success like stems off of marketing. Like, I mean, they did get a stranglehold on the, 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 um, the market, and it, and it came from like you know having things like that like the seal of approval was like a huge deal you know so well yeah because I mean like they they also had a, a chipset or something like their ten pin connector I don't know technology that well so bear with me everyone's gonna be like he doesn't know what he's talking about you're right I don't but they were able when they made their cartridges a certain way since they were the ones making the cartridges they kind of controlled what could go in the system because there's a, a two point off off authenticity yeah whatever verification that you couldn't just put a foreign cartridge in the machine it would wouldn't work other companies started figuring ways around that eventually but they're just like if you want games in our system you have to come to us because we're the only ones that can make it work Mm -hmm. and that is that they they completely really tightened the grip around it versus like atari where it's like you could put a ham sandwich in this thing on a run you know it'd be a really crappy looking ham sandwich it'd be a dot be a dot of a ham sandwich. Anyway, uh, sorry. I just I want to lay the groundwork a little bit with this because it's just that Nintendo kind of rewrote the rules about what you could and couldn't do in terms of the marketplace, and they could do it because there was nobody else there. Yeah. And I think that uh, how like kids like you go from like you know like my age at the time, what seven eight years old to when you go to middle school and high school. What's the things that you think about the most? I mean, for me, it was video games, and I didn't think about any other systems because there were no other systems. Right. And so. Our, my love affair of well, of that stuff is ingrained because that was all that was there. Well, like similar like what we just talked about with Player Unknown Battleground and uh, Fortnite, you had this huge boom of success with the Nintendo Entertainment System, and then Nintendo followed up with the Super Nintendo. But then you got Sega Genesis coming out like almost at the exact same time, and then you had your console war. So well, that's just yeah, the Genesis actually came out almost two years before the Super Nintendo. 
And that was crazy because I don't remember it that way. But Sega Sega did almost the same exact thing. They yeah. kind of had Nintendo's marketing capability, and they knew what Nintendo did successfully, so they were going to do the same successful thing with their cartridges. Because they did have the, the Sega logo on all of their cartridges the, with, with what they approved and what they could do on the Genesis. That's true. Um, the problem, they well, they at least had an arcade arm where they could have Afterburner and Outrun and all these games that you go and put quarters in and love them and like, uh, you know, Altered Beast and things like that. Nintendo kind of did too with like Donkey Kong. So. A little bit, but yeah, I'm talking like, like growing up when you went to an arcade, did you go play Donkey Kong or you go play Altered Beast? You know, like I don't like, even know. I could, I don't even think I've ever played Alter Beast in the arcade. Oh well, I mean, just from a flashy standpoint, which well, of the two, you know? Oh I, yeah, absolutely, Alter Beast. So I feel like they at least had an arcade arm that was much stronger, and so when they would port things, people knew they knew about that. The problem they had though is that they couldn't get a lot of stuff that was outside their purview. Like you couldn't have Ninja Gaiden on the Master System because Nintendo had uh, they already had rights to that to Tecmo right. you know and it's like well and you saw that with the Genesis and the, the Super Nintendo when they went head to head it was like uh, you you didn't really see a lot of the same games even sports games like you know like a lot of people don't remember football uh, before Madden but I mean you had like uh, I think it was um, who was it uh, I think it was Joe Montana Joe Montana football on the Genesis yeah, um, and then um, they had some other brand of football on the Super Nintendo, which might have been Madden. It could have been Madden. Uh, yeah, well, it was Madden eventually. Well, actually, not not well, it not at first. Madden. Because with the Genesis, because they had lost a lot of exclusivity with like because Nintendo had it, they went after celebrity endorsements. So that's why you had Joe Montana football. Yeah. That's why you had because they wanted names to attach this stuff. Well, even and, um, uh, Michael Jackson helped launch the Genesis with, with Moonwalker. Moonwalker. Yeah. yeah. I remember, God, I remember renting that. Went over to my buddy's house, and it was a big deal that we rented Moonwalker. We stayed up all night playing Moonwalker on his Genesis. It was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, so the funny thing, though, you talk about the sports games. That's another one of those things where, because Nintendo had their licenses the way they did, Electronic Arts saw an opportunity with Sega, with the Genesis, and they're, but Genesis wasn't talking to them, so they went and actually took a Genesis, and they had their programmers take it apart and figure out how it worked, so they can get past the author, you know, the authentication, whatever authenticity, whatever. I can't talk tonight. I'll get you um, a little to, button. Yeah, I just yeah, the drinking game's coming. I promise. The so they could figure out a way to bypass uh, Sega's locks. And they, they had a demo up and running in one of their games, and it was like an E3 or something like that, where they went to Sega the day before Sega was supposed to announce what was coming. And they said, hey, we figured out how to unlock your system. We want a deal. And they worked out a deal with them that was much more favorable than any other publisher. And then Sega came out and said, oh, we have electronic arts sports games coming out like soon. And then, then so it turned out later that um, EA found out that they actually didn't have everything figured out and that Sega could still keep them out. But by that time, the contract was already signed. So they bluffed Sega into giving them a contract and electronic arts sports. Like you think about EA, you think about like, that was the big, that was the big draw, you know, on the Genesis was the sports titles were so cool looking and EA was there to do it first, you know? And I don't think when I, I just feel like there's these times where Nintendo had these opportunities of like, Oh, we should do that. And they're like, no, we're good. 
and they keep creating their own problems and competition. They still did. They still do that to this day. And that's kind of where, like, yeah, yeah. You're going to talk about these consoles. I'm going to tell you about t- every single time where they didn't make a decision to to do something, and someone's like, "Well, we're going to do our own thing," and it's it, for good or for bad. I don't understand yeah. that why the Nintendo's always been like, "We're going to do our own thing," and it does it does pay off in a small way, but it, it, it like you know they've done so many revolutionary things. Uh, you know, just in marketing with video games. And, and I mean, God, from the beginning with uh, uh, The Legend of Zelda having memory chips in it so you don't have to use passwords. Like, that was like... That was, that was big. That was big back in the day. Um, So, yeah. Hudson Soft. Uh, do you remember um, uh, Adventure, Adventure Island? Island? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, they made some games for Nintendo, and they, and they kept pushing Nintendo, saying, listen, you know, we could put more information on these cartridges with more advanced chipsets. And Nintendo was like, nah, we're good. Yeah. And because at the time, they didn't have competition. So why innovate? So Hudson got frustrated and then they went off and they co-created the TurboGrafx-16. And and it didn't do so well. It did okay, but it did better in Japan than it did in America. Uh, but it was because, the, because Nintendo didn't want to do anything. So then fast forward to the Super Nintendo. The reason why it lasted as long as it did is because someone's like, hey, we could add higher power chips in these cartridges and make the you know, make the, the lifespan of the system go longer. And Nintendo's like, that's a good idea. When it was presented to them, not even like you know five six years for the eight for the NES. And it's like it's frustrating, yeah. you know. Like I think a lot of systems started to perk up around the sixteen bit era more than anything because I think the eight bit like Nintendo kind of like paved the way. Um, and then like you know with the Genesis being successful because the the SNES still won. It sold about forty million uh, units, and then the Genesis was twenty nine. Um, but it, the, the Genesis was still pretty successful, but like not, not, I think like we had like in the next couple of years before, when did that come out? The Genesis came out in 89. When did the Super Nintendo come out? So Genesis came out 89, uh, October 20. I, I have, um, what was it? I have some of the American dates in here too. And then I don't know why I have October 29th, 1988 for Japan's release for Genesis. Either way, um, it came out 89 here. Uh, Super Nintendo was released November 25th, 1990. So it had about a year or so head start on the Super Nintendo. So the mid-90s, you got like Atari tried to jump back in with the Jaguar, which the Jaguar was an interesting system, but it it, it failed at, um, you know, having a good uh, collection of third-party games. I think the only game that was worth a damn, which was pretty much the only thing the system was good for, was Alien vs. Predator. I remember renting a Jaguar just so I could play that game. Renting a damn game system, you know that was that was pretty weird back in the day. Yeah, um, and that thing sold for about two hundred dollars, um, but it was pretty much the end of Atari. Well, so I read about the Jaguar a little bit too. The only thing I, I, I think is funny is that internally they they talked about it's like chipset, which again I don't know technology, but they the, the two main chips that would talk back and forth. To, to make it like, you know, because they, they said it was a 64-bit system, which isn't true. It was two 32-bit chips the way they worked. The math didn't add up to 64, but that's how they advertised it. The two chips were called Tom and Jerry, and I feel like that's very appropriate because people said that thing was really hard to program for. It never worked right. For now, which my, system? The Jaguar. Oh. But why would you name your two chips after a cat and mouse cartoon duo that would fight all the time? when you're saying that these are supposed to work in harmony, that seems like you're setting yourself up for failure. I just find that odd that they would call themselves, they call it Tom and Jerry. But um, the one thing I'll mention here about you, cause you mentioned the Jaguar and you mentioned the super Nintendo. There was a brief bit where Nintendo and Sony had partnered up to try to come up with a system. Uh, did you read about any of that at no, all? I, um, I didn't read about that. It was called, it was originally called the super disc, but it was going to be called the PlayStation. 
and it was going Sony was going to work with Nintendo where it could play Nintendo cartridges but also have a CD-based system for any game Sony produced. But you start reading about the terms of the deal, Nintendo wasn't giving up much and they wanted a lot back in return. And something happened where they were about to to show this thing to the public, they announced it, and then Nintendo was also working with Philips at the time and they did something very very visible with Philips and then Sony was like screw it we're done. And then they kind of pulled out of the deal. And so this is what led to the Philips CDI having the rights to some of the Mario and Zelda franchises, which you've ever seen like Hotel Mario or the, the, the Legend of Zelda Wand of Gamelon, hmm. like those offshoot Nintendo games. They're not Nintendo games. They were made by Philips and they're terrible. Ooh. And it was the only time where, where Nintendo... Lo- kind of lost a little bit of its ability to lost produce things. Yeah. And I'll have to show you some of the stuff later. You're going to, you're going to look at it and be like, this is terrible. But in the meantime, Sony got its shit together and decided to go ahead and release their own CD based game system, which became the PlayStation. I just think about that. Like what, we could what, have almost not had the PlayStation. Cause like if you, the, the PlayStation two is still the best video game selling system of all time. Yeah. You know, Nintendo is iconic and known throughout video games, but the PlayStation 2, um, I think it sold 150 million units and counting. They stopped counting after production. Like they basically, yeah. I think it was around 2010 maybe. They were like we're we're done making <laughs> PlayStations. We stopped counting a while ago, so it's more than 150. Yeah. Um but just think I, about the problem that they made for themselves by right. not being patient, you know, or not seeing the future because because of that Nintendo backed off and their next system they put out was a 64 which was cartridge based. Yeah. And they they had that was one of the, that was the down client. The 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 in the the N sixty four was the slow downcline of Nintendo because of that because of cartridge based systems um, because that the PlayStation kind of beat out N sixty four in that mid nineties era um, and also because of like third party titles this is the first time the N sixty four lost a lot of third party well, heat because people were developing for the the, the PlayStation discs for discs and and. Xbox was soon coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Xbox then, came out and did okay. But yeah. you had Metal Gear Solid, you had Final Fantasy VII coming out on PlayStation 1. And even though Final Fantasy was a Nintendo property with, with uh, Square, Square yeah. um, you know, Sony grabbed it up and, and, and they kind of ran with it. And I think Final Fantasy VII is probably one of the best PlayStation games ever yeah. and success. And that really hurt um, Nintendo. And then on top of that, you had the Saturn coming out, which Sega was still trying to hang into the game. And I think the Saturn came out the same year as the PlayStation. And just to give you an idea of like, like Sega just hanging on by a thread, like the PlayStation sold over 100 million units and the Saturn didn't even break 10. See, yeah, the problem with the Saturn uh, is that they knew, well, one, there was internal strife with the company, so they, they didn't know which way they wanted to go. Uh, so that led to some problems. And two, they originally had a target window of September of 1995 to release their system, but they knew PlayStation was releasing in September. So they're like, we need to get this thing out early. So they just went ahead and just released it in May with no announcement and put it out there like four months early. Yeah. And I remember that because everyone's I remember like, when like, it snuck yeah. up. Because the game, when you go into the game store, you would have a PlayStation section and it was like two walls of games. And then there was like, like, uh, like a not a what were they like a little gondola setup yeah like a kiosk like a it, kiosk yeah. of it and it was just like nine Sega Saturn games and it was just like what is it why do I want it and that killed it like because you're like why would I get a Saturn 
because I don't want to play nine games. I want to play all these games. So you'll you'll find this funny. So whenever they dropped the the, the big the big bomb about it, uh, uh, Sega was at uh, E3 and they announced the price tag of three ninety nine. And they described all the features of the console and talking about how like it's available that day at these different stores. And so immediately right after Sony got up to reveal the PlayStation and the guy just took the stage and said two ninety nine and walked off the stage and everybody started cheering. So like Sega came out and said, we got this great thing. It's available today for $400. And then Sony came out and said $300 and just left. It just, just took the legs out from under them from the get go. Yeah. Like that's an amazing mic drop of like, oh, oh, you already got your system out and it's a hundred dollars more. Guess what? People are gonna wait four months for the PlayStation for a hundred dollars less. So like in, in the in the mid nineties too, you also had Apple trying to jump into the video game market, surprisingly, because you know, everybody talks about like, you know, Apple's success now with the iPhone and the iPad and and it's like, you know, when are they going to corner the market on the, the Apple TV? And when are they going to corner the market on video games? And they worked with uh, Bandai to make the, I think it's called the Pippin. Yeah, I, I'm i glad that you read about this because I, I haven't heard about the Pippin before. It was kind of, it was a master of none and not, it wasn't even good at any one particular thing. Yeah, it and was, it was all over the place. It was expensive too. It was $600. There was a problem at the time where everybody thought they could make the next system and there may have been some processing power to support this, but you didn't have people making games. You just had people making hardware. Right. And so they didn't understand like, cause Nintendo had the market cornered with at this time, you're what 10 years in plus of knowing, you know, knowing Mario, knowing Legend of Zelda, like you have that kind of ingrained in there. And in Sega, even with Sonic, that's another thing too about the, the, um, the Saturn, they did, there was no Sonic game that came out for it. So that was another well, thing. Well, the Saturn failed, but then, uh, the dream, Se- yeah. Sega tried to try to jump back in and they put the Nomad out, which was a handheld. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah. like th- when did Game Boy come out? Oh, shoot. That? that was 89. 89. Because yeah. the Nomad came out in 93. And the Nomad was... The big deal about the Nomad was in, was it, it, it was in color. So yeah. you had a color screen. Um, and it, it was the most efficient way to destroy any battery. Because <laughs> I can't... I had a Nomad. And I can't tell you how But it many, made you very mad. It, it made me... It, it, was, it, it was the like, un-Nomad. Like, you would buy a, an 18-pack of AA batteries <laughs> and it would last you to 2 in the afternoon. Yeah. Like that thing, literally, you could get thirty minutes of gameplay on on four AA batteries. So, I mean, this is before lithium ion existed, where you now have even you know we complain about our cell phones lasting as long as they do, but you know, could you could you imagine a cell phone running on alkaline batteries like nowadays? No. You would just be like, I can field calls for fifteen minutes. Uh, see, um, I didn't I didn't take a lot of notes about the handheld systems because like really what it came down to is that the Game Boy came out. And it kind of destroyed everybody, even though it was never the most powerful thing. No, because the Atari made the Lynx, yeah, which to was, compete with the Game Boy, which was actually superior in a lot of ways. It was. It was and, a 16-bit handheld system, yeah. and you're going up against a Game Boy, which is not even really 8-bit. No, and no color, and and like you've got an LCD screen, and but this thing was like a brick. But what's the thing you remember about Game Boy? What's the Te- Tetris? There you go. Yeah. So and that's and that's another thing is the games because like there weren't any memorable games on the Lynx. Plus, it was twice the price of a Game Boy. I mean, yeah. trying to convince your parents to buy you a Lynx versus a Game Boy, it's like. But I will again argue that because the Game Boy actually lasted in, in the form that you you know the original white like brick, 
it lasted for about 10 years and eventually they came out with Game Boy Color and they streamlined it and, yeah. and and you've had various iterations like now their handheld is the DS right so even though they call it the 3DS or uh, XLDS or whatever and I think I stopped it at um, P- Game Boy SP yeah well we have so. a 3DS and it's it's yeah, but it's nice you know like the, the but why did we buy it? Because of the Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds, because it was like a spiritual sequel to the SNS, yeah. uh, the Super Nintendo game, which I really liked. Um, so, but it, I feel like Nintendo was right place, right time. They also had like Mario, the, the Super Mario Brothers was lightning in a bottle, like in terms of like it blew your mind when you watched, when you first turned it on, because it was unlike anything you'd seen. Tetris was like very, very catchy and it just like portable puzzle game you take with you. Like right. it was very good. Well, if you look at like, like uh, mobile phone games nowadays, like that was, that was the success a, of Tetris back then. It was yeah. the, the short attention span. I mean, you could play, you could play nine levels of Tetris in just a couple of minutes and mm-hmm. then just put it down or be done with it just the same way that you're like at the bank and you're 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 going through your clash of clans real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that it, it catered to that attention span and then like uh, Nintendo even put out like the Game and Watch series and WarioWare where it was just like it got shorter. Like Yeah, well would, the Game and Watch series was well but like the original Game and Watch series was well before, before it. But yeah, WarioWare was mini games. They were they were ahead of the game, no pun intended, of the short attention mini games well before like cell phones they had no idea cell phones were coming but that's what that's that is the popular thing right is the quick get in get out right quick little experience my argument same thing with the, the nintendo uh and then even the super nintendo the game boy is that they did so well that they didn't have to bother to push themselves until someone else came in and said hey now we're doing this and then nintendo would wake up and be like oh well what can we put mario on now and yeah. that that's what and I feel like you're until until someone takes the crown from you, you're king. And I get that. But it just makes you wonder, like, and people could argue with me, it's like, well, if the Game Boy wasn't broke, don't fix it. You're right, but they never challenged they they had a they had a pea green screen, you know, and it wasn't the most energy efficient. It was okay. Like, but it was a very awkward system and they, they didn't bother in innovating until later. Mm-hmm. Until it became the need to, as opposed to I, and I feel like there's some somewhere well, Nintendo's along the line. Already, Nintendo does that all the time. They did that with online gaming. Yeah. Like, how long did it take Nintendo to get a streamlined online service for you to use a Nintendo system online? Well, I would even argue that they still didn't really do it. They I mean, still did For a marketplace, yeah. yeah, but not really for some matchmaking, but they still feel like, I feel like they leave that up to the game developers to make it, like, as opposed to them putting an infrastructure in. Like, I remember, and, and it, it breaks my heart to see hardcore Nintendo fans just froth at the mouth when Nintendo puts something out new and they deserve something. I feel the same way about Apple. I feel like people are just like, oh my God, the new iPhone's coming out. I'm like, yeah, but it's not going to have wireless charging. <laughs> you know, it's not going to have this. It's not going to have this. Well, I don't care. But like with Nintendo, it was like you had the Xbox come out and the Xbox was new to the game. And I actually hated the Xbox when it first came out. I was a, I was a huge Sony fanboy. I loved my PS2 to death and I just couldn't get on board with the Xbox. So one day um, I caught a, I caught a sweet deal. Like some guy won an Xbox or something like, like it fell that. off the back of a truck. You're like, I guess almost literally <laughs> like this guy, this guy, like I, 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 he came in and he was going to try to like trade it in. And, um, I rem- I was working at GameStop at the time. He was going to trade it in and he's just like, we were going to offer him something like that. And, uh, it-, it was like, whatever we could offer him in trade, it was just like crap. Cause you know, like GameStop gives you crap for trade. And, uh, I, oh, wait, by the way, do you know why they are called spoilers? 
I don't know if you guys knew that about GameStop, but yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> so spoiler, you don't get you don't get anything for trading your games in. So did like, you want some buttons and some tape? Here you go. But it's like, but it's a PlayStation Four Pro. Okay, well, okay, three more buttons. Here you go. Here's the buttons and some lint. So, like, my buddy ends up like my buddy ends up buying it from him because he was he was at the store at the time, like like just hanging out talking to me. My buddy ends up buying it from him for like eighty dollars or something like that. And then, like down the line, like he was just like, I don't want it. I think it was just like a couple months later, and I was just like, Well, I'll buy it off of you if you don't want it, because I mean, I'll give you what you paid him. He's like, Fine. So I got an Xbox for super cheap. Then I jumped on board and I was cool with the Xbox because I actually had one and was playing with it. Then Xbox Live came out and yeah. that just revolutionized everything. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, after Xbox Live came out and the 360 came out, everybody was just waiting for Nintendo to drop a system with online capability. And it was just like everybody's like Mario Kart, Smash Brothers online. And it just never happened. And it's just like, why don't you do that, Nintendo? That makes so much sense. So that's that's the through line I had. So I mean, like I did a lot of other research about other systems, like you mentioned the Pippin. Like I read about um, you know, the the 3DO, which I'd played a lot actually growing up, but that thing, when it came out, if you adjust it for dollars now, it was it was over a thousand dollars, and that was it was a really cool looking system, but a thousand dollars for that thing. Uh, and, and, and also like Neo Geo, we talked about briefly, like there was other things that came and went. A lot of those didn't succeed one because the library, because of Nintendo having these rights issues, uh, and two, um, just they, they were targeted as luxury items as opposed to everyday things. Right. And so we talk about always feel consoles. A lot of it was kind of self-inflicted because they thought that they were, they were approaching like a luxury market. Like, um, the original, uh, was it the Neo Geo, um, just to mention it. It had the same tech inside of it that its arcade systems had. Yeah. So it was actually the only system at the time to have a true trans experience like you could have at a home. But it was also limited because of of the price because it was like six hundred fifty bucks when it came out at the time. Well, like in nine. Yeah. And go ahead. Sorry. No, no. And it's just and it was mainly known. And I wrote in my notes here. Uh, 148 games, which is true, and I wrote in my notes, 257 of them were fighting games, and 37 of them were Metal Slug games. So that's all it really ever came out for that system. <laughs> so, but you, but you think of Neo Geo, you think of King of Fighters, you think of, uh, oh, I just, I'm just drawing a blank Samurai now. Samurai like, Showdown. Samurai Showdown. Yeah. Uh, World Heroes, I think, is another one. But it's just, it was all fighting, all fighting, all fighting. Yeah. You know, and that was very niche. You know, and and these other ones were all kind of niches that just didn't didn't stick but for some reason Nintendo's just trucking along and they happen to be like well you know people people like having fresh paint on the things that they love and that's what drives me nuts about maybe I've played with the Switch for a little bit it's a cool looking system I played the handheld portion of it I played some Zelda for a second I cut some grass with the sword whatever um, it's really pretty looking but it also makes me like like pine for what if you gave me the PS4's processing power or the Xbox One's processing power? What kind of Zelda game could you make with that? Yeah. And, and people argue that the one that's put out now, Breath of the Wild, is supposed to be amazing, but I bet you it covers up some holes here and there with things you don't know about. You yeah. know, like and like how would you would you love an online capability of jumping in and playing? Like I feel like I feel like Rocket League out in Nintendo Nintendo because it's a very simple pick up and play game. Rocket League definitely feels like a Nintendo game. It, yeah, right. And yeah. it's just like it's just But you, like I mean Nintendo like I know they want to cater to like their audience and they want to do their own thing, but I mean like I I mean I can only imagine like in in the world of or in the world we live in nowadays with universes and expanded universes and just being able to like could you imagine if Nintendo took 
um, uh, the concept of of destiny and applied it to the Legend of Zelda and gave it graphics like Skyrim or Metroid. Could or, you imagine? Could you imagine a progressive could, Metroid? A progressive world? Metroid world like Destiny, like an online game with a franchise that's beloved. I'm not saying go do, you know, I'm not you, saying that they need you, to go do this, but could you just take the power of it? You're a bounty hunter. Everybody's a bounty Everybody's hunter. Everybody's a like, bounty hunter. Yeah, like, There's weird races. I mean, Nintendo can get crazy with the yeah. space pirates and all this other stuff, and it's just like, they just don't do it. They just don't take it there. I mean, Breath of the Wild is an amazing game, but I, you know, I think, uh, what was the one that came out on, uh, was it not the Wii? Was it the Wii? The one that had the, like, Twilight Princess? Twilight Princess. That was the closest you got where it was like really beautiful, kind of close to realistic graphics. Yeah, it kind of. But I mean, it still it was, wasn't. Which was originally developed for the GameCube, and they took too long, and then they're like, oh, put it out for the Wii. You right. know, like... You know, but um, like, you're right. Like, like, And then with some of these systems that failed, um, like you'd mentioned the... Um, uh, was it the, uh, the, the Neo Geo? Like, uh, Panasonic put out the 3DO in 93. And yeah, well, that one, that one was just a weird beast because they... Um, you know how like um, you have Android-based systems and everybody could build Android it phones? It was a steam machine before steam machines. It, that was going to be my point, is that like steam they, was, Valve was trying to get other manufacturers to make yeah. uh, a, like different takes on their hardware, but make it like, here, you make your own steam machine. You, you make, make your, your own, own machine, yeah. And they, yeah. those things would go upwards to $700. And when you were in a market of like $200 Genesis's and $200 uh, um Super Nintendo's where they already had a library of third party games yeah. and and it didn't matter it's just like yeah but the power of this thing it was a 32 bit system like right around when the 16s came out it was just like when the 3DO came out it was the most powerful but it was only around for like 6 days and then something else beat it yeah it did terrible and, yeah you know, so. I, I like that system and it's just because I, I grew up with a friend of mine who had it and playing the original Need for Speed on that was really cool at the time because you didn't see anything else like it getting licensed music at the time like I remember hearing um, Soundgarden's Rusty Cage over and over again while we're in the menus on that it was like you you're like that's real music like you didn't hear that at the time yeah. you know and um there was then yeah i don't know it was it was a cool system for its time the fact that you could put a cd in it and you could get the little visualization thing that would pop up it's like oh it's neat it's acting according to the music like every windows computer has that now but i was yeah. like it's exciting you know um but i guess this is whole the whole thing here it's just it's a my heart breaks for the Nintendo will never have. And that sounds very fanboy, but the two things, one, they could either go and be ahead of the game and have everybody like, you know, like you said, like, like a destiny type of thing or whatever, or they could go the other way, which they never have done really. And it's like, they feel like they're perfectly built for the mobile phone marketplace and they're dabbling a little bit, but they could just, they could make so much more, money and accessibility with mobile games, even if they put out a Nintendo phone, people would probably lose their minds and go get it. I think that would be the first real heavy... Com I mean, Samsung's a great competition for Apple, but like, I think that would just be a third party be like, hey, kind of like how Microsoft just showed up. Like, hey, yeah, here to play the console game now, guys. Nintendo shows up, hey, I'm here to play the phone, go phone game now, guys. It would be like, crap. Because like, Nokia tried to do the N-Gage. I don't know if anybody knows what the N-Gage is. It came out in 2003. It was a taco phone. It was literally a phone, the shape of a taco, 
that play video games. Did it bring you tacos? It didn't bring you oh, tacos. See, it, like, I wish there was did, like a taco button. You're just like, it did so me. bad. They dropped the price by $100 within the first week. Yeah. Because none of them would move. Wasn't that also the same system too where you could even even cheaper one that had ads on like the internet browser and it was yeah. like you couldn't get past the ads. It's like... It was yeah. pre-3G. Um, you, to take the games out, you had to take the battery out of the phone <laughs> and put the game in the back. And I just remember, like, we sold it at GameStop, and I remember uh, we would try to push, push, push it. Like, it was a big push. GameStop was trying yeah. to help Nokia get it off the floor. And it was just so funny. Like, I remember our district manager coming in, and he had one, and he would stand outside our store on the phone. We're like, just trying to get... Yeah, I would be like, do you think he's ordering guac? Who <laughs> do you think? You think he's going to... You think he's You think he's talking to somebody on a nacho phone? Yeah. And we'd just be like... He'd come be like, I was just going out to engage and be like, it sucks. He'd be like, don't say that. And we're like, it does. Like, nobody wants this. He's like, listen, I was talking to the other person that has yeah. it, which is in my family. And it's actually my other phone that I'm letting my brother have. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah I it was see. just so bad. But I mean, Nokia was ahead of the game that they realized that they could combine two things that we used handheld with a cell phone, which yeah. they made. And a and a Game Boy system or a, a handheld system, and they made that phone. Fortunately, it didn't do very well. But I mean, God, we have. I mean, I play so many stupid games on my phone now that I I think I'm, I think I'm a good like seventy thirty in terms of like like thirty percent games on my phone, seventy percent on everything else. Yeah, you know, because I'll get bored every once in a while. I'll look at the marketplace and be like, oh, it looks like a cool game. I'll play it for like. A day or like maybe like twenty minutes, I'll be like, "This sucks," and I'll get rid of it. You know. Well, like I, I downloaded that Super Mario World Run or whatever it's called, Super Mario Run, which was their take on the Endless Runner, mm-hmm. and and it's like the first three or four levels are free, and it's like, oh, it was actually kind of kind of fun. But then the moment it's like, I got to pay twelve dollars or whatever. It was like a double digit number for a phone game. I'm like, delete. I'm done. I'm out. Had you charged me like two bucks. I probably would have bought the thing and been playing it for right. a long time. And like but, games that yeah. are free, I tend to pay for them eventually. If I go longer than a couple of weeks with a game, I I'm like, here, here's three dollars. I'll buy some crystals or I'll buy uh, I'll 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 get rid of the ads. I'm like, you deserve three dollars of my money because you've given me at least a month worth of entertainment. I used to give Blizzard fifteen, so you yeah. you did a good job. You know what I mean? So I, I don't so, know. I just feel like I know we're kind of all over here, but it's like it. When we're talking about mobile games, I mean, the, the Oya came out in 2012, or the Oya, which was... Uh, an Android uh, gaming device. An Android. It was basically, you like playing games on your phone, you want to play them on this big screen, here's a $100 machine, you could play Android-based games. Yeah, but it was supposed to do a little bit more than that, too. Yeah. Really I mean, there are some powerful games in, in you know with Android and Apple. Yeah. I mean, they convert old classics that would used to run on PlayStations and Nintendos. You've got Knights of the Old Republic on a mobile phone like i remember when that game came out in whatever 2004 2006 something like that that, and i was just like this is the best star wars game ever and now it's on my telephone yeah you know same thing with nintendo emulators you can get a nintendo you can get any pre-2000 emulator on a phone pretty much because the processing power you know you love final fantasy 3 put it on your phone yeah so I, i guess it just it just kills me because it's like you see these distinct decisions that I mean, and, and Nintendo made their decisions for why, why they did, right? But it's like, I feel like they had one really good idea once in terms of like the NES. And the Super Nintendo is a good system too. Like, don't get me wrong. And I, we're saying this on the on the eve of them releasing the little mini SEDS to stores where it has like the 20. Does that come bundle, out tomorrow? Something like that, yeah. Really? They, there's reviews up online right now. Everyone's like, it's great. It's nostalgia. I'm like, great. Whatever. Member. Um, member, yeah. 
And so they were neck and neck there, but I feel like then they started backing off and everyone will argue, well, they're focusing on playability, not power. And it's like, those don't need to be uh, separate from each other. You know, I hate when people like make excuses for something with some other type of like fact. Yeah. It's like video game, like video games. You could have the creativity and back it with power, you know, like, and that's, and I'm not saying they have to come out with Nintendo doesn't need power. It's like, I, (laughs) it's like, I don't like if you're big, one of your biggest draws for the Nintendo switch is that you have Skyrim on it. How old Skyrim? Like, that's my point is like, and when the Wii U came out, it's like, Hey guys, you guys like Arkham city. We have it too. It's like, I liked that game three years before. Like it's just, yeah, it, they're, they're pulling, they're pulling what Atari did before, which is always coming out behind everybody and saying, Hey guys, you, you like this from before we kind of have it, but not as great. And I feel like the switch What's is the switch st- game that's coming out that I know that somebody's like, well, it's not really this game, but it's on here. Yeah. I don't know. But I think it's doom. Doom's going to be on the switch. And, it they're is. Like, and then everything, then, you know, they announced it and then they're like, well, it's not quite the full doom game. <laughs> and doom. you're like, it's just going to be called do they, they can't, they can't even fit the, yeah, but it's like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm just playing some do, you know, <laughs> Um, or it's just it's like called foreshadowing. It's called, yeah, it's called not the best day. That's what it's called, but whatever. I mean, will I eventually get a switch? Probably just because I know my wife wants to play breath of the wild. And that kills me that Nintendo knows that they keep saying you want a Zelda game. You're going to buy the system. You want a Mario Kart game. You're going to buy the system. And I understand that there is one thing to have exclusive, exclusive titles for a system, right? I get that, but it's one thing where, it's just that that if you can't give me another reason to buy a system other than those handful of exclusives, say what you want about Microsoft and Sony. I understand that like, um, you know, like Titanfall was an Xbox exclusive to begin with. And it was, you know, it was something. Well, that's the reason the PS3 kind of started to fail is they got, they got on their high horse. They're like, nobody can touch us after these first two consoles. Yeah. And then they lost third party games like Microsoft. Yeah. The 360 was just like, yeah, let's, let's get it in here. We'll yeah. take whatever you can give us. Well, and then also too, and I know we're going a little long here. Um, what, what do you remember about the original Xbox? What was, what's the very first thing you remember about the original Xbox? The Duke. Well, other than the controller that was terrible, which they're bringing back now, I don't know why. Uh, Halo, that, that yeah. was the killer app for that game, right? And then when you think of PlayStation Two, yeah, you it, got Halo with the Xbox, yeah. And so it's like it's it's that one, but it happened to be a, a great game, you know. I give like, PlayStation this; they have not had a front-running game in their entire run. Like in terms of like day one purchase, like I'm talking about like Halo's synonymous with Xbox. You got it out the box. You, people bought an Xbox because of Halo because they would go to Halo parties. Yeah, people bought Nintendos because they played Super Mario Brothers with a friend or they knew about Super Mario Brothers and they wanted it. I, I'm trying to think. There's like, nothing I mean, PlayStation has had where I'm like, I got to get a PlayStation for this. There's games we talk about. Now there is. Now though. there is, like Last of Us, God of War. Yeah. That took time, though. But yeah. those still aren't seated in multiple generations the way that Halo... The original was. Resident Evil. I think, yeah, I think, I think the that, original Resident Evil, Capcom did kind of start that franchise on the PlayStation, PlayStation yeah. and and it, and it and it did sell systems for them especially Resident Evil 2. That and like Twisted Metal. I feel like that was another one that was know. different. Oh. Uh, it was different but I don't think people were lining up because they're like Twisted Metal's out. I got to play PlayStation. We should get a we should get a PlayStation cuz Billy has a PlayStation and we could play Twisted Metal. We all know that Vigilante 8 was the best car combat game anyway. So Crazy Tech or no Crazy Taxi was on Sega. <laughs> yeah. So I part Actually of the, no, you know what I think it was is I think it was Grand Theft Auto 3 on PlayStation 2 that really That you right that was yeah. kind of a revelation yeah, that um, was a revelation. so so yeah it's, it's right place right time right game pack in i think that also factors into it too but 
Um, also, I just feel like the, the the biggest the biggest thing that led to a lot of these ripples is the fact that there was no one to fill the vacuum for four years while the NES ran what it did. It did kind of have free reign for a Atari while. Atari kept poking in, being like, "Hey guys, remember us?" And everyone's like, "Nope." nope. That just, yeah. Like as I was reading about the history of Atari, it's just more like, "Sorry guys, you had your chance." Like the seventy eight hundred was developed before the crash. And put on a shelf. And then when well, they advertised it, it was like, hey, guys, this is a new and, thing. It's like, it's three years old. And you said that the Master System did very well in Europe. Yeah. And I think that was the only reason that Sega was able to jump in with the Genesis the way that it did. Otherwise, Nintendo probably would have just kept on going for yeah. way past the SNES. So it's just... and. The, the put and a then they in. decided to make like the wonkiest controller ever for the N64 and make everyone go, ah. I don't, I don't know why they did that. There's a but. trigger on the bottom, too. There's a, what? Where'd this... And there's a, there's a joystick in the middle, too. And why are these buttons different shapes in different areas? And remember, when 64 came out, uh, the only two launch games they had at the time was Mario 64, which everyone's going to be like, it's the greatest game ever. No, it is a, a brightly colored nightmare. That's what that game is. And Pilot Wings 64, which no one remembers. Uh, but I just no, remember, I remember Pilot Wings. The first time I saw the 64 it was used. that game where i looked at it and i'm like do i have to play this yeah. is this the other one yeah this is the other one i have to play <laughs> um i was in college so i'm dating myself and my my one friend got it and i came over and i was watching him play it and it gave me a blinding headache and i had to walk out of the room and i feel like part of my brain died and accepted 3d graphics at that point and then i came back in and i was okay but i almost felt like i got a brain like a headache and then like my, i got like a nosebleed for a little bit and i'm like i can accept this new reality but the first time i looked at it it was just I just couldn't take it was just too too much in the sense of the 3Dness not because now it I feel it like it was different first time I give it that I feel like the N64 would have just like tanked hard I think it would I think Nintendo would have became Atari if it wasn't for Goldeneye Yeah that's the other one people hold up to and and it, you go back and look I don't at know it now. any other yeah. game on the N64 other than Zelda Yeah that kept that system alive that's what i was i asked i asked my wife about that and she she mentioned the zelda games and she also mentioned conquer's bad for a day but i don't think that was the one people went and played but anyway so long story short thank nintendo blame nintendo 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 that's what i feel like everything here it it all comes down to the decisions that they made ultimately i feel like it's kind of like my critters is life theory it's it's, i'm going to kind of stick by that um and then because they didn't step up and actually face Sony head on Microsoft sneaked in. And now that's what we have is really what it comes down to is that Sega fell apart because they couldn't have a system that sold well enough. And plus they, the games, they, there were some good ones, but they weren't good enough. And Nintendo ate away at them. So they fell away just to make terrible Sonic games from that point forward. And the Microsoft poked in was like, Oh, there's no big serious processing power other than Sony. We can, we can match them. That's what it feels like to me. I and again, this is just me yeah, not knowing if, tech, if Nintendo, but that's how it feels. Yeah. If Nintendo had, had, had more third party, had more power, they probably would have competed harder with Sony. And then Microsoft never probably would have tried to jump in as a third party because yeah. Microsoft knew they were jumping in as a second party. And they knew that the original Xbox wasn't going to make money. Like that was the big thing too. They just wanted to get established. I feel like they really didn't start really seeing the fruits of their labor until the 360. And honestly, uh, if it wasn't for Halo being a runaway success off of the coattails of of Goldeneye, because I feel like that that it definitely did jump off the coattails of Goldeneye. Um, I that and the uh, online capability. If 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 online hadn't have snuck its way in first on the Xbox, you know, then I don't think Xbox would have made it. 
That's true. And and and, and all really what it comes down to is Xbox, please make a sequel to Crimson Skies, please. All right. Anyway, I used to have people make fun of me because I still have my original Xbox Live tag from the original Xbox. Oh well. Well, no, just because like I'd be playing and they'd be like, "Oh, uh, nine years or ten years," I'd be like, "Yeah, I had Xbox Live when it launched." Yeah, like, I I had it back before it was cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what this. Yeah, somebody was. I've had multiple people say stumped them. I'm like, so, so what? what? Yeah. Well, you're just jealous because you get to go back and play it back whenever it was when everybody was playing. Uh, what was the big map on Halo? Crimson, was it, oh uh, no, Cri- you know it was awesome. The Crimson Skies. I love Crimson Skies. That game was amazing. Online. The multiplayer was great until you got until the end when no one played it anymore, and there was the people flying around the helicopters that could snipe you. Yeah. And then you just go online and die every five seconds, and then it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. But I, I need that kind of airplane combat game again. That was, that was a lot such of fun. a great and, and uh, Midtown Madness. We, yeah. I for as simplistic of a car game as it was, we used to just play tag. Like driving around, you know, like full speed, ram people, tag your it, and then drive off. It's like, <laughs> yeah, so much so, fun online. All right. So, enough about uh, membering systems. Uh, let us know if you guys have a favorite system. If maybe you have a Pippin and you loved it, I don't know. Yeah, or Gizmodo or, or Giz- Giz- Mattel yeah. made up the hyperscan. Yeah. Or if you had like a speak and spell and that was your favorite yeah. thing of all time. Um, so they let us know. We, uh, we're, we're on Facebook. It's Invasion of the Podcast. We have a website. It's invasionofthepodcast.com. Uh, we uh, uh, are on uh, patreon.com. Uh, that's uh, patreon.com slash invasion of the podcast. You guys can support our show there financially if you want to donate as little as $1 or up to however many dollars it would take to buy a 3DO. You can do that. Um, if you donate $5, you can then make us watch a Wheel of Death movie, meaning you pick six movies. Are we going to have Wheel of Death uh, take over October I, again? I don't know. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Well, t- well, we're, I have. I was going to mention October here. October is next week. Yeah. It is. Um, scary times. Uh, so Spooky. yeah, if you want to support us, please do. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, Satchel. Uh, their their podcast player. And if you can find us, if you if you listen to us on one of those platforms, please rate and review us. We'd appreciate it. Um, but enough about that. Let's get to our drinking game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> I feel like this is going to ruin the drinking game, but did you watch No Mercy, the the, the no, WWE I, pay-per-view? I did. I do what I normally do with all my wrestling stuff. I read the <laughs> read follow-up. about it after. I read the follow-ups. Man, I ain't got time to watch all that. Like I've, I'm dedicating myself to like the big guy, the big pay per views throughout the year. The big guy, year. you mean Roman Reigns? The big guy, the big dog. Um, like, I, like, like, SummerSlam, Mania, uh, and uh, Royal Rumble. Those are my three guaranteeds. I'll trickle in if there's a match that I really, really want to see. But for the most part, like, they just keep kind of letting me down with their booking and their storytelling. I'll and, say like, the first three quarters of the, the the No Mercy was actually really good, but mm-hmm. then the Cena Reigns match, I started falling asleep watching. Yeah, and I got mad and I went to bed, so I didn't even watch the last two. Oh. I, and from what I heard, I'm fine with that. Yeah, but dude, like, okay, we talk about wrestling, and again, drinking games come up in a second. Um, Cesaro, the wrestler Cesaro, cracked his face off of the post. He missed the turnbuckle being uh thrown into the turnbuckle when his face hit the post mm. he broke his front teeth and he pulls away and you just see blood coming down his face and he has that weird like hockey player look of like no front teeth and they wrestle for another like 10 minutes and he is just bleeding out as they're wrestling it was wow. crazy 
You know, and the fact that he was able to still keep it together after getting his face busted open. A lot of those people do. Like Ugh. when Triple H, I know when Triple H ripped his quadricep, he wrestled for like 10 more minutes. Yeah, it was just like, I just can't Five imagine. Or 10 more like, minutes, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. So, all right. So, but yeah, uh, no, I didn't, I didn't get to catch it. Well, we, yeah. I'm not going to get into no, wrestling. No, no. Um, so Thursday, which when you guys will hear this episode is national drink a beer day. So, and after all that video game talk, you may want a beer. So we decided to come up with a drinking game and I asked people out there for some input about what would be some rules for the drinking game. Did you come up with any, any rules? Oh, okay. I was doing all this research on the video game thing. I so didn't. if, in the meantime, if you have anything that comes up, you're like, you know what? If this happens, you should have a drink. Let me let me know. So, um, so so Benjamin, uh, he he wrote in and said, uh, you should always drink whenever Paul pushes the wrong button. Like I agree with that. Okay. Um, when Joe exalts the Sith, you should drink. I haven't exalted them in a while, but um, you do. I do. Uh, they're pretty great. Um, so is the Empire. So there's <laughs> there's a couple drinks. Um, and then <laughs> I think it's. I actually I actually am like I'm gearing up for episode uh, uh, eight just to do a Sith PR again and the Empire okay. PR because I've... Uh, well, there's, be careful. Don't play the drinking game then because there's, there's going to be a lot of yeah, exaltation. There's been some uh, stuff that I that, you know that, that I have to like talk about to, to keep them in a good light. And then he just put in quotes, Spider-Man, and then you got to drink. So yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Ritchie, uh, uh, a.k.a. Fred Paints, friend of the show, said, you get to drink every time Robot Bear is mentioned. There are a lot of Robot Bears. There are there. a lot of Robot Bears. So I think there's, I don't know if there's a level of like, you know, one drink, two drinks, drink your whole drink, you know. Yeah. So. So, well, if you want to, you know, I, because I, I don't really play a lot of drinking games. I just know that. So my one buddy made me sit down. We watched um, the beginning of The Devil's Rejects. Mm-hmm. And he told me, for every time they swear, drink. And he handed me a beer, and I kept just drinking. Oh God, I would never take. I would never sign up for that, man. They- it, he wanted to prove a point. Oh, and we didn't even get to the title sequence, and I'm like, I'm like Ryan, I can't, I, I can't do this. He's like, I know. Like, oh, was Ryan, like, did- he's trying to tell me. He was just like, he's like, yeah. uh, he's like, I know. And I'm like, all right. So I was, uh, I just couldn't. I was like, I got to drive, you know. So it was bad. Oh, so anyway, uh, so someone that you know, uh, name Amy, uh, wrote, uh, drink when wrestling is mentioned. So oh, yeah. yeah, and then uh, then uh, then Darren, yeah. uh, friend of show, uh, said he wanted to add, add something additional to that. He's like, drink when wrestling is mentioned on a show, in which wrestling is not the primary focus. So like the previous conversation we just had. Oh and, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, according to I think the Apple bylaws with our one star review, we can't have a show <laughs> about wrestling yeah. anymore. And he wrote, chug your whole drink while wrestling becomes the focus of a show, not originally intended to be about wrestling at all. So there you go. Yeah. That's that's a good. I would agree with that. And he also wrote, uh, drink whenever Paul uses the Twilight Zone robot audio that he pulled uh, from Strange Highways. Uh, I think that should be a finisher drink because we don't really see that pop up a lot. No, a robot. Like whenever that shows yeah. up, yeah. Oh man, the last episode of the Twilight Zone we watched, that Rod Sterling said "robot" like twice in the beginning, and I'm like, "It's coming back!" Like there was a bunch of robots in that episode. Oh man. So anyway, uh, so and then also from Steve, uh, he gave me some uh, some red herrings to throw out here too because I wanted to come up with some fake ones in terms of things that may never happen on the show, and I, I didn't have any of my own. He said, uh, "Drink every time Paul talks about how he prefers American Dad to Rick and Morty," so that'd be a very sober experience. He's just making the joke, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, and then also drink every time Joe talks about Stargate being superior to Star Wars. You know, all those times you wax nostalgic about Richard D. Anderson being superior on Stargate to Star Wars. James Spader's pretty good. 
<laughs> um, so, all right. And then, and then we have some other ones from Steve. These are real ones. I want to throw one in now too. You should drink anytime we mention the fifth movement from the OA. I think that, uh, not just drink, drink to forget that the OA exists. Yeah, so that's I think a lot you of drinking. Finish your drink to make you forget about it. Sooner. Yeah. I gotta um, tell you this, like, like I was watching, uh, we'll get into this talk later in the future, but I started discover. I started watching Star Trek discovery and I, and then I saw Jason Isaacs was in it. And then I just kind of did this severe eye roll. Like, do you think that he's like a it. space in the like in the bottom of the ship where he's just keeping people trapped in that? Like, they're just like in the, brig. In the terrarium. Like they're in the, the, the terrariums. It's like the brig is the ter- it's all yeah. force fields. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. Um, so anyway, so Steve has some other suggestions here uh, for drinking for portions of our drinking game. Drink every time Spider Man enters into a conversation that is not related to Spider Man. I would argue that every conversation can be about Spider Man. I think that it. would be a good one drink because yeah. he does sneak in there. He does. Uh, drink every time Paul laments that it's the year of the Western and he has not watched one Western. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my God. It's September. Yeah. It's, it's almost, great. no, it's October. Yeah. yeah uh, yep. You know what? I want to make next year to be a year of something we're not going to watch too. <laughs> no, no. I, I just, you know. It's just going to be years of stuff we're not going to no, watch. I want to do. Oh, I, I am, am going to watch. I'm, I'm going to watch some westerns. I promise. Thinking of it right um, now, it's going to be the year of reality TV. No, I want to do like next year. I want to do like I want to just do twelve movies, so that way we one a month, so that's not that's obtainable, and do like the year of car chases and do some really cool car chase movies. I think that'd be badass, but not thirty like I had set out for the westerns. <laughs> But like really? one a month. You had thirty set out. I thought that was just like a list we could pick from. No, I wanted to get through. I wanted it to be the year of the western. Holy and shit! Yeah, so I just figured you know one car chase movie a month is worth. We, we could do that and just talk, like be real quick, like whatever. Anyway, um, let me get to this from westerns, and I will. You give us some car chases we'll never watch. I yeah, not you. No, just them. in general, right? Um, drink every time Joe mentions they didn't like Rogue One. I don't like Rogue One. There you go. So, yeah. I don't uh, like any of the rogues. Rogue Two, Rogue Three, Rogue Four, Five. Yeah. Half of a rogue. <laughs> World of Warcraft rogues. Uh, drink. I, I hate rogues. You just hate, hate rogues. Dude, um, you don't, you like rogues either? No, not really. No. Dunlock. Yeah. <laughs> drink every time you guys mention that you need a sound bite for bad news. That's that's true because I feel like we do need a yeah we do yeah. need a baby. Uh, I'm gonna throw one in here. Drink every time a pumpkin needs shaved. I'm gonna just throw that out there. <laughs> Finish your drink if a pumpkin needs shaved. Yeah, because clearly you know. Oh my god! I so, should go side back. Side note: Take a shot whenever Jason X is brought up. How about that? That's a good one. Yeah, that's we should some shots once. Yeah. Um, I I'll throw one in there. Take a take a drink every time we say member member. Oh no! Yeah, people will be dead. Uh, <laughs> Drink every time that the news segment starts off with the death of celebrity. No. Yeah. <laughs> Take a shot. Yeah. And then the last one Steve had here was drink every time the words Blizzard or Overwatch are spoken during the show. So I feel like if you now know the rules to this game and you go back and listen to this episode, you'll be dead. Like, I feel like you'll be beyond drunk. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you could almost apply this. Also, I, I feel like, you know, we mentioned dinosaurs. That, that sounds like something I don't that think comes, we mentioned uh, dinosaurs okay. that much. We don't mention dinosaurs. Um, Unless I'm not paying attention. I don't know. Like you, you mentioned Dinocast every so often. So, like, specifically one thing about dinosaurs. That was, like, one of our oldest episodes. But, like, I, I feel like the production of Dinocast was just, like, 
Emmy worthy. We should have got an Emmy for it, a podcast. It was. Um, it was like it was like when they do the um the special episodes of Scrubs and stuff. And like that's what it felt like. You know, it's like yeah. oh, it's the all musical episode. Yeah. So, oh, maybe we could do an all musical episode. Like sing the entire time. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, that. But like, bad. if you did like auto tuning, maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> we should do an auto tune episode. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, that's our that's our drinking game. If you guys have any other suggestions for a drinking game, please let us know on our Facebook page. I, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Like, like a lot of these things were things that were already rattling around in my head, and it's just like, if someone else confirms it, then you know that you know maybe you talk about wrestling too much. But guess what? We're going to keep talking about wrestling, so you guys can keep drinking. So that that's our drinking game. Uh, next I, week. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't like Rogue One. <laughs> uh, Blizzard. All right, anyway, yeah. uh, so next week's start of our Halloween month. I don't know why. Sorry, this is like since last year when we did all Halloween. I think stuff. we've done it every year. We've tried yeah, to keep that's it, true. Keep it spooky. Keep it scary. Yeah, gives us an excuse because I think the horror genre, the spooky genre. Um, I think I feel like that's that's something we don't visit enough because it's so big. But it, if we we dedicate the whole month to it, then we'll get through it. Yeah. So I figure, like I mentioned last time, uh, Joe was not about Clowntober, so we're not doing that. Uh, but we are going to be doing, uh, I think, uh, sequels to movies. We talked about that. I think that that works oh, fine. Yeah. So I want to tackle first Return of the Living Dead Part 2 uh, because a lot of people hold it up as like one of the best zombie movies like ever. And also because with Romero passing, this is one of those ones where it it's not a Living Dead movie, but it's... In, well, it is Living Dead because Return of the Living Dead, but it's not like Night of, Day of, Dawn of. You know, It's from his other the other well, person he worked with. Night of the Living Dead just was the only one that had living in the title. That's true. And so. because of the rights issues, that's it, there's, there's a weird split why these movies exist and the other ones existed separate. So I figure Return of the Living Dead Part 2, which is very iconic. Um, I don't know if you've seen it or not. Um, it it may have been a, I, I saw it a long, is, long time is, ago. Uh, is that the one with Clancy Brown? Maybe. I don't know. I um, know. I know. Is, I know. Is it the one with the Michael Jackson zombie? I think it is. Okay, I think I've seen it. I think I saw this in the theater, but this was like the I know time. I didn't see it yeah. in the theater. So let's let's just do that first. I want to save Halloween three for actually Halloween week. I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna do Return of the Living Dead Part Two. Yeah, I don't think you need to see the first one, but we're gonna watch that. Uh, we'll talk about that next week, and then just to mention as well on the way out here, one um, I will be at Cinema Wasteland this weekend. That's in Strongsville at the Holiday Inn. Uh, it is a horror movie exploitation movie convention. It happens every six months. I'll be working the door on Saturday. Come by, say hi. Uh, That's a metaphor for something he can't say right now. Yep, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You have to stop by that door say hi uh uh tom atkins will be there which if you remember he is uh the the dad from he's the, the guy beginning. from avatar no oh uh, <laughs> i wish tom atkins was just... <laughs> he was the beginning of creep show he's the one yelling at the kid for the comic book and he's very uh, like very recognizable actor what he, else is in uh, he was in his name sounds so Night of the creeps he was one of the main characters in Night of the creeps he was also he was kind of like the sidekick and um to Lee Van Cleef's character in Escape from New York um very very iconic like just recognizable face hold on I'm looking him up yeah you can keep talking he was in Halloween 3 so I figured that'd be worth mentioning because we're going to be watching that movie in a couple weeks like, you know, oh yeah, 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 yeah! I know this dude. Oh, was this the dude who played the? No, this isn't the guy who played the priest in in Beer Fest. No. What else is this dude in? Ah, he looks. So he's, he's been in like a lot of. He's things. in a lot of horror movies. Yeah, he was in the original. No, he was in the remake of My Bloody Valentine. I see that. He was in Drive Angry. 
for like a second. Like, uh, so uh, nice guy. I've met him before. Really nice, uh, polite man. He'll be there. Um, also want to mention, uh, it w- with October starting, uh, talk without rhythm, the podcast that, uh, is run by El Goro. He does something every year that I don't know how he does it, but he does a 31 days of Halloween where he watches a horror movie each day and talks about it on top of his regular show that he does. So he not only does like four regular shows a week, man, he's going to be doing one horror movie a day and he talks about it, puts it up. It's usually like a 20 minute conversation that he has by himself about a film. It's pretty awesome. Like I, I will not be able to watch. Oh, and one of the movies he's watching for the 31 days this year is the boneyard. He's, ah. not, he's not seen it. So he's oh. not seen the boneyard. We've seen the boneyard. That was a crazy movie. Um, so, so check that out at talk without rhythm. Um, but yeah, that, that's what we're going to start off getting spooky next week. Hope you guys enjoyed our fractured history lesson about video games. Um, and in the meantime, I, I guess have a good, good weekend and we'll, we'll be seeing you next time for more, for some spooky stuff. Yep.